welcoming folks and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? <laughs> well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm -hmm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. Hello, Hello everybody, and welcome to the April Ghouls Monsterama. Right now with us, we have uh, Doc. Uh, hey, another member, uh, one of the members of uh, the concession stand crew, and Gene, and George what? said he'll be a little late because uh, he drunk oh. too much last night and he has a hangover he's still dealing dealing with. All I drank was milk and coffee. Oh, he's here. Oh, I didn't know that. Of course I'm here. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Scout's honor, only milk, coffee, and soda Yeah, oh, I got a question for Gene and George How many times have you had an idiot ask you If uh, Silent Madness is going to be shown in 3D? Well, we've Not had several I wouldn't, wait, wait, I, Steve, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say You know, that's a legitimate question because some people don't realize that at the drive-in, the old 3D method, or I don't know if it's the new 3D. I'm not, like, really 3D uh, knowledgeable, but I'm told by, I was told by, uh, you know, uh, the owner that it's not really, uh, you know, doable on the 3D screen. So we had the option to call it. What, what Steve is saying, Sorry. Silent Menace is, is, the, is the last movie of Saturday night, and it was shown in 3D as well as, uh, you know, flat, normal. And we're not showing it in 3D because it doesn't translate well on a drive-in screen. It was made available to us, but then we just, it just wouldn't uh, it wouldn't look right on on the drive-in screen on that screen and, at night. And, and um, you know, you're talking about like well, I mean, you know, that's 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 the bottom line right there. I mean, then we well, have to get glasses for everybody. Well, back in uh, 1982, uh, the Twin Air Drive-in over Knoxville had to take an ad out. That said, please do not call the box office. Friday the 13th, Part 3, and Jaws 3 will not be shown at 3D in this facility. Because and this is a driving theater? Yeah. 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 What? What does this have to do with us? No, he's <laughs> saying that driving, like, we're talking about drive, uh, 3D not being compatible at the driving, and Steve is making reference to a theater... Back in the day when yeah. those two movies were playing in the early 80s, they'd have to well, tell people know, that we're yeah. not showing them in 3D. Madness. You know. Yeah. I, so, I uh, get that also. And it, uh, it, speaking of no. which, if you, if you, we're not showing it in, in 3D, but if you ever get a chance to see it in 3D, there is a Blu-ray with uh, 
you know, you could wear it with the glasses or you could do the, if you have a 3D television, which I guess some people do, or a 3D, you know, projector or whatever. It, it, yeah. It's really good. It's really good 3D to watch that movie in 3D. Well, you know, so, it's also the cost of all those, of all the, uh, of all the glasses. And I will also say this, the Riverside does not want to pick up uh, thrown away glasses all over the field the next morning. And that's also a fundamental yeah. problem. With any but I'll bet you if we did do it, they would pick up, uh, they would not throw them on the ground. You know, I have to say I the, the patrons that come to the, to the Monster Ramas are, for the most part, just great. I mean, they, they don't make, you know, they clean up their messes and, I mean, overall, it's, it's it's been it's always been a great audience. Well, so. uh, you could uh, find a place to make the glasses for the movie, you know, and just have them in, uh, on the on the wraparound have like uh, April Ghoul's Monsterama. That way, it would be a collectible, and people uh-huh. rarely throw away collectibles. Uh huh. Well, okay. it's not. It's but not happening. Silent Madness is an odd slasher. It's about a bunch of uh, British uh, mental patients <clears throat> who are on LSD and escape and kidnap these girls while dressed up by like Alex from A Clockwork Orange. Okay, Steve, let me let me stop you right there. You are getting you you are getting this you're getting the movie confused with the movie. A, a late seventies British film directed by Alan Birkinshaw called um, uh, uh, "Killer's Moon." It's not the same. Oh, That's wait. The, you, no, no, you're confusing no. with "Killer's Moon." This is Moon. the one with the ball guy. Yes, and he escapes yeah. from the bomb. It's one guy. Belinda Montgomery is the, the psychiatrist. Uh, uh, Rebecca Linfors is in it. It's it's an American-made movie from 1984. It's not "Killer's uh-huh. Moon," which you know I'm very familiar with, but. And, and, if, and if you remember, you remember Belinda Montgomery. She was she was in the Go Go's. So the, they no, did the soundtrack. Belinda, Belinda Montgomery is <laughs> actually the the sister of Lee Hardcore Montgomery, who you know, of course, in Ben and um and uh, Deadly. And, and Elizabeth uh, Montgomery of, and, of Bewitched. No, he she, she is she's a good actress, and she's the sister of uh, Lee Montgomery from Ben and from. Uh, uh, the the one with uh, burnt offerings. He was a child actor. <clears throat> and yeah. I did fix it to April Gould's Monsterama Drive-In Slasherama. The reason I yeah, added you know Drive-In... No comma the between reason, our names. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm calling you, I'm calling you the, the king of misspell. <laughs> yeah, well, know. yeah, definitely. Affectionately, though. Affectionately. The reason I put Drive-In Slasherama on it is this is the first show I've seen you, don't you care guys about outside of, <laughs> no, outside of a Chopping Mall. They're pretty much all slashers. And you people well, they're, they're like all that. Well, 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 Chopping Mall is considered a, a different kind of sla- a slasher with yeah. robots. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. It's a, it's a, the, the theme, I mean, it's still, this is a, look, this is April Ghoul's Driving Monster Rama as usual. This is the we've been doing this ten years now, this this particular event. And we just you know, we, we try to make it interesting so we deemed that the, the, the spring stalk and slash 
a lot of alliteration there, and it just sounded good. It's just something I, you know, yeah. I thought was was fun. Because, you know, uh, I don't have to tell you, Steve, or, or the audience, that slasher films are just ever so popular, and they never go out of, they never go out of popularity with, with uh, horror fans. And the younger horror fans really take to the slasher films. And, we, and we're showing stuff, you know, I think we're, we're we're changing it up a bit. We're not showing like as many, I guess, common. You know, there's no we're franchise. Well, there's a couple of franchise films, but not, not there's no Freddy, there's no Jason, there's no Fre- uh, uh, Michael Myers. So I think it's an interesting lineup, and and so far we've got a lot of positive response. I just hope everybody has a good time. Oh, we're definitely oh, of course. We're definitely got. You're starting out we're, with we're, the. We're, the second darkest quick, film. I have a quick question. Okay. Who all is on this call? So it's you and I and Doc, and who else did you say is on the call? Uh, George. I'm curious. George, I know me, Doc, here. and me. Okay, that's what I wanted to figure out. I thought you said there was another person. So let's can we let's run through the movies per night then. So yeah, Friday night. You start Friday with night, the second have, darkest uh, one. Uh, as the opener, and that's uh. Did we, we before we start? Did we establish whoa, whoa. the event and where it is and everything? Because okay. yeah, uh, right. did, did you? Exactly. Yeah, you, because George. you know sometimes we go right into this, and then somebody, you know, something's like one or two people listen out there. They're gonna go, what? What is this all about? So, uh, like, Steve, this is April Ghoul's Driving Monsterama at the Riverside Drive-In. <laughs> it happens next weekend. The Riverside Drive-In Theater is in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania which is outside Pittsburgh, and this is the 10th year of this event. We've been doing Monsterama events at this theater since uh, 2007 in September, now in April, starting in 2013. So this is uh, something we do now every April. April is catered to uh, uh, more of uh, a different kind of, more, more, I guess more, you would call them more modern horror films, then so much what we do in September, right, Gene? I mean, like uh, you know, slasher movies, a lot of eighties stuff, movie, late seventies. You know, that we do roll. The April programming is primarily for seventies and eighties movies. It's very reflective of the demographic of the people um, that are coming in the April shows because there are a lot of younger people in their thirties and forties that do not have the opportunity. To actually see these films on a big screen, they saw them at home uh, with video rentals. Usually, some of the people even snuck to watch these movies. Uh, their their brothers and sisters, family members may have showed it to them. Um, George has always kept the September show much more traditional, um, with a lot of old classic stuff. Because we've done Hammer, we've done Christopher Lee, we've done Peter Cushing, uh, we've done Vincent Price Night, and we're going to be trending. Um, September in a different direction for some more specialty shows because we've had great success with Spanish Horror Night, with uh, Giallo Night, which I thought would be something that would just not go over well in, in the Pittsburgh area, but extremely well. So we have some big plans for this September that George and I have talked about. Um, as for April goes, there is a lot of other movies that are we've talked about for future shows. Uh, he's very happy with the programming for this, and I'm happy with it too because it's it's, it's also a chance for people that come to April that do not attend September to come based on the experience, meeting the other people, um, 
and enjoying the whole venue and everything. It's not just about the movies. It's become quite a family atmosphere with with a lot of fans and stuff. And I think that's something that brings people back more than just seeing a title that they like on the big screen. So, yeah, good. Yeah, no one spoke to the movies, but when you go to the drive-in like this, uh, year in and year out, the movies are... It's seeing everybody, being able to go outside and hang out with them. Right. Don't forget about that. Don't forget about the theater, the driving theater food in the concession well, stand. Absolutely. George has actually yeah. posted that. A lot of the favors are back. It's really, really good food. The price points are excellent. The staff is good. It's, you can't have a better experience. Um, there's been a lot of imitators for what we do with the Riverside Drive, and they are simply imitators. They're not the original McCoy. And, you know, George started this whole thing, like you said, so many years ago. He travels from um, – he and Crystal come in from Long Island, you know, every single year, twice a year. And the place they found, you know, is here in Pittsburgh, and that's an honor for us. And so, George, I, I say this every show. I can't help thanking you for starting this so many years ago and, and constantly moving forward with the trend and making it's, things uh, better. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, I get ex- I get more excited about it, you know, every 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 time we do a new another one, I'm I'm ready for the next one. Uh like I said, it's it's like I've said before and I'll repeat it, it's just by chance that it happened at the Riverside because I was looking to do a festival like I like Gene said, I'm in Long Island, New York, so there were no drive ins in the immediate area. There's some yeah. upstate New York. There's some in New Jersey. So I was looking when I first started the show. I was just looking into finding a a, a venue that would uh, that I could get to, you know, easily enough. I don't. I wouldn't mind, you know, taking a road trip. Which it turns out this is what this is for me. But uh, the Riverside, you know, was outside. They're in Vandergrift, so they're outside Pittsburgh. So it's a good six, seven hour drive for me. And um, but like when I contacted them. Um, Todd and Emma, who run the theater, they were, you know, very acceptable to the idea, and uh, it just stuck. You know, we, we, it just, you know, it took a while to really take off, but it was successful enough the first few times where, you know, we said we'll keep. And I, it was like it, we, at one point when we started this, this show in September in 2007, and 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 the and the few years after that, I would ask them, like after the weekend, would would you be willing to? Do, I had to actually ask them like would you be willing to do this again and they'd be like yeah you know it wasn't like now it's just set in stone and has been like that for quite a while that would it just happen you know it's just going to happen no matter what it's not like you know the only time we didn't do it in the in, in more recent years is because of the uh during the pandemic we had to cancel that april i think it was 2020 um right but you know other than that it's something that it's just you know we just keep moving forward. We keep doing it every April and September without question, and and it's uh, it like I said, it's moving forward. It's just we um, we're coming up with new ideas and, and different films to show. You know, uh, we we haven't re- we only repeated one film in all those years out of the dozens of films we've shown. And as I've said before, if I bring something back, it's because of demand, not because we're running out of things to show. Well, there's there stuff. Right, the quality is so much better, and bringing stuff back at this point is also uh, very much key with the programming to continue in the future because you recognize a lot of movies that were 
sort of uh, iconic that were shown in the past when people really didn't know anything about the event. In fact, there was a yeah. gentleman that was the gentleman that was on the page earlier today that said, "How is it that I live two hours away from this and I've had no idea?" People just don't have any idea. Where George and I are amazed every year by the amount of people that seem to come out of the woodwork. Uh, they're even amazed, up amazed, yeah, yeah, and a little frustrating. Where, where I will say it is a little frustrating, but I mean, I'm not blaming anybody for not. I mean, it's you know, we're trying everything to get the word out, and and you know, I I. I used to like press on sending press releases to, you know, f- magazines, um, online, mag- you know, anything, Fangoria, any anything that would just give us a plug just to get the word out. And uh, because of the social media, that really helped. That that definitely helped in a big, big way where, you know, you could just spread word like wildfire. But it does. It, it is kind of frustrating, you know, that to hear that you know people you know, only live a couple hours away and and haven't heard of the show until now when we've been doing it so many, but it's like, you know, it's anything else. Some, sometimes it takes people a while to gravitate to something and, and that's fine. You know, and, and, uh, and another thing I come from Tennessee and I'm far from the person, people who have take, have the longest drive to come to it. Right. Was that a question? We've had we've had people fly in from it's California. We've, had, we've actually yeah. had people from France. We've had people from Canada quite often, and I can speak from the amount of people that I've I talked to behind the scenes uh, from other countries that support this event. I mean, I have a lot of friends across Europe that wish they could come to this, and you know, we talk about the event all the time and they tune into the page and they're liking stuff on the page and they send me personal messages. I have a friend in Scotland I just spoke to earlier tonight that said he wishes he, you know, could get over here to go to one of these. Hello, Pete. You're tuned in at some point. Um, but, I mean, it's just, this is such a unique event. And like I said, there are so many imitators out there today. And this is all about the, the quality of the event. That's why it's twice a year. You're also dealing with a commercial drive-in and not about the quantity of the event. And that's what's important. You know, it takes a lot to put these shows together. And, you know, there is a little bit of frustration on George's part and my part because these random people that know nothing about this event come onto the page and complain. It's like this post that I made yesterday, and I, I told George I wanted to post it. I asked what he thought before I did about people that, the people that are that are the critics, the people that are the doers, you know. And and there is a very large amount of people in social media, especially on Facebook, that want to complain about everything based on on what they would do, and they're not getting off their asses and making things happen. And and that's what this is about. It's about you seeing what we're doing and saying, I can do that, I can maybe do it better, but committing to actually doing something instead of being an armchair critic. <laughs> we see this every day. It's, it's, it's really gotten yeah. worse, actually. No. You know, George will, How many? We, just, we shake our heads at this all the time, you know. Yeah. Now, how many times have I said it that there's two types of people in this world? There's talkers and there's doers. Doers will talk your ass off. I mean, talkers will just talk your ass off about their big plans, big ideas. Doers, 
They just get out there and do it and pray that they make their money back. Well, it's not even a, it's not a question so much of being. I mean, the faith that that does come into the come into the the whole the whole experience. But the reality of it is that you want to create a product that people are going to be attracted to, that they're going to be, believe in, that's going to inspire them to do their own thing by all means. Um, but you want to feel good at the end of the day that you've accomplished something. There are two types of fans out there that I deal with, people that are in it for themselves, and I could name a few if I didn't feel professional, believe me. I, I look at it on Facebook every day, me, 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 me. It's never about what they're doing to promote the fandom and to continue it for future generations. It's about their insecurities that they themselves need to be the focal point. This show has never been a focal point. I've never been a focal point of the show. Neither has George. In fact, George was hard to find for years. He'll tell you that. It's about the whole experience that you create for people. That's what it's about. That's what. Yeah. That's the leg. That's the legacy that he and I have growing up in the '70s and '80s, and being in a position now where we can give to other people and make things happen. And that's that's part of the important the important thing. Not you know being famous <laughs> well the funny thing is i discovered the monster slasherama from uh dvd drive-in yeah absolutely slasherama. i i mean it's <laughs> april ghouls well it's Sorry, gonna have different names ever i guess since now. i've been in a coma i have brain parts right now well, you okay. know the, the, the you know uh, speaking on the opposite end there, there have been a few people that have come over the years to the show, I mean, because we this is like almost twenty years, and 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 because of because of the word of mouth of the, of this show and it's and it having somewhat of a success, you know, other other driving theaters owners know about it, of course. Now, in the beginning, I don't think a lot of them would have touched such a thing with a ten foot pole. They used to say, you know, nobody goes to see horror movies and stuff. But there's been a re- not only has been a renaissance in retro shows because of, of because of this, a lot a lot of a lot of it because of this as far as driving uh, retro shows are concerned horror retro shows I should say but there's a, there's such a resurgence in horror movies in general that there wasn't say in in 2007 2008 uh, so people have come to this what I was trying to get to is people have come to this show and you know brought the idea to a theater. Another driving theater local or to them, and this I'm, I've known I could I could think of at least half a dozen examples of that, which is something else, which goes to show you that like there are doers out there that will you know you know say like well you know let me go to like this theater that's near me and see if they want to do something similar and so there there, there is this is this has inspired people a uh, few people to do their own similar events at different venues. Uh, you know, in other parts of the of the of the, of the yeah. country, I guess more 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 or less on the west on the east coast here. Right, it's a template. It's become such a template. Yes, that's exactly it. That's that's the word. I mean, you, you sort of did it first, and then it's just become a template after that. I mean, it's not hard for anyone to to really do this. I mean, the the resources are out there. You just need to know where to find them and. And, and it's also about reading the crowd. It's about the vibe. You know, it's, there, there's no, we talked about this last year. There's no mystery to the, the way the, the, the movies are in the order that they're in. The first two films are always the biggest ones. 
The third one is kind of popular, and then the one that's not so popular is always Steve, last. Steve, with Steve but you would turn for. Very, uh, yeah. Uh, how many people last now to the fourth movie? There's a lot, We've watched the audiences grow to the point now where there are a lot more cars left for the, the fourth film. And people well, don't wait. I don't happy. think nothing you know. will ever touch... Uh, Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars or uh, Son of Dracula. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, Son of Dracula kind of deserves that that spot. I, I have to admit, but it is an oddity. It was an oddity, and we're not talking about the Lon Chaney uh, Universal 1943 Son of Dracula. We're talking about the one uh, starring Ringo Starr and Harry Nilsson from 1970. It was shot, I believe, with um, directed by Freddie Francis, which is which completed a British vampire movie night. We had like three classics, and then we showed that. I have no regrets because it's such an it's such an unusual, rarely seen film, and we were able to show a print of it. But I'm glad that you showed the stuff like that because it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have got uh, Spanish Horror Night. And I wouldn't have got to see Nashi on the big screen and one no. of the Blind Dead movies. Well, yeah, I mean, Steve, I'll tell you we something like this: the Spanish yeah. horror movie nights. We did a, we did a couple of, of Spanish. We did we did one that was just one night, and then a few years later, we did a whole weekend. And and surprisingly, they they were successful. And I'm thinking, you know, but from what I've seen, I know a lot of people. I know I have a lot of like uh, you know acquaintances and friends that like. Spanish horror, like a really diehard Spanish horror fans, but none of them ever come track out to this. So we're getting like mostly an audience of, of more curious people. I think because of the titles are so uh, sensational, right. like, I mean, you see something like Vampire's Night Orgy or Count Dracula's Great Love. I mean, you know, you just like, wow, I, you know, I, the titles just just bring them in, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, early. Yeah, the or Spanish like Yeti, was surprisingly well. Yeah. Or, or again, like a Werewolf Meets the Yeti. Or, you know, yeah. Titles like yeah, that. which we showed as Night of the Howling Beast. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yep. Which is the Ameri- uh, the uh, American release title from uh, Independent International, which is a ton of fun. You know, they're they're fun. They're fun. I, you know, that see when yeah. Gene was talking about you know, uh, you know the there is like some. Self, not, not selfness to this with me because sometimes there's like shows, but again I'm always trying to like please the crowd. I'm always trying to like I'm I'm definitely always looking to to give people what they want. But sometimes it just works out where I get what what I want to see and and everybody well, loves I, it. You know, what? You know. I mean that yeah, but it's sort of I, I get you, but I'm I think that you are very aware of what you're introducing to crowds and stuff. I mean, yeah, you should get some self-pleasure out of this, absolutely. But you're just, you know... You, I can you look remember... At, Gene, you look I can remember how... Uh, yeah. I can remember how nervous George was the first Spanish Horror Night. I mean, that night he was shaking because he was afraid that uh-huh. it was just going to flop. And I was like, no, wait till they see Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll. They'll be... 
Well, no, it was, it was House of Psychotic Women, which yeah, that's I what it was called. And that, that, like, that's another example of a title, which, like, you see that on the marquee, and you're like, wow, i got to see what that's about, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How, you know. But um, but 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 back to like being you know giving when I first started the show I I had more of a mentality because I didn't know you know how how much it was just like a you know something I wanted to experiment with and just see if I could get people to come and since the theater was willing to do it it just worked out and at the beginning I was showing stuff a lot of stuff I really wanted to see on a driving screen that I was too young to see when it originally came out and I was just hoping yeah, that people would join me like happened. like a big party like you know. Uh, you know, I wanted to see Vampire Lovers and 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 Count, the Count Yorga movies and Cry of the Banshee and things like that. You know, like that kind of AIP. And then, you know, as it grew, I, I'm like, you know, I was thinking, I was focusing more on uh, on what you know people, not necessarily what I wanted, but what people really gravitated to, and especially with April, because when we, you know, the theater was on the fence about doing an additional show in April, so I had to prove to them that, you know, it could be successful. So I had to, like, bring out the big guns and, and the the early 80s uh, stuff, you know, the Friday the 13th, the Return of the Living Dead, that kind of stuff, the Day of the Dead. That was bring, that brought, the, oh, you know... It paid off, the, it paid Yeah, off, that right? did, yeah. And that's why it's become... That's why it stayed that in that vein for all these years, the April right. show, that is. Yeah. Well, I have seen uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre on video... And then I watched it indoors when uh, the Central Cinema showed it. But then I seen it at the Monsterama on the drive-in screen like it should have been. And yeah. my jaw dropped. I was like, wow, Good. I love this back then. Yeah, Definitely which, which a film that works great on the drive-in screen. also brings to like another subject real quick here and believe me i want to touch on the individual movies before we're done with this show um the yeah. other thing that we always we always have people asking about you know why they are not all in 35 millimeter well i i'm always the one to, that i want to address that and be the bad guy because when you saw those movies years ago they didn't look the way they do now on 35 millimeter and every time that you show a print, you're running the risk of it being damaged or not working and it being the last time that print is ever shown. So as these movies have become more widely available in, in, in a digital format, not only is the quality more intact to what you would have actually seen, but even better than what you would have seen 20, 30 years ago. And unless you're sitting there watching the thing spin, what does it matter? You know, we've had a lot of, People want to see better quality films, and and because of the whole digital revolution, with and technology, these these movies are becoming more and more readily available for George to, to accept. Yeah. And, and yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, you see, another thing with thirty five millimeter, and we we still show them. We've shown so many thirty five millimeter prints over the year, and even in even last uh, September, we showed we showed one and. Um, the problem too is a lot of them, you know, the fading is just. There's I'm not going to name the title, but there's a movie that I've been wanting to show for years, but I know that the prints, the 35 prints out there of it are badly faded. Not now good. I'm I'm learning about a new Stinky Pinky uh, 4K restoration that's going to be available in the coming months, and so I'm yeah. definitely going to jump on that. So yeah, like she is saying, they they're making this stuff. 
you know, available for 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 um, right. um uh, what's the word? Uh, repertory uh, shows like us, and that's us. You know, that's what we do, and it's it's been wonderful. And it's given you know we sh- we we can show so many so many things that we weren't able to because it's just not available on um, on right. that format. You know, and uh, it just it makes the endless possible. It makes the possibilities endless, and and people from what I what I can see are just absolutely loving it. You know, agreed. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. Agree. I just yeah, feel like, for instance, thirty of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I I waited, you know, that until that until it became, you know, they they I think it, they brought the restoration. Uh, when we showed it, it was just making the round. It was just starting to make the rounds. I'd known of uh, a print available, but it was it was missing some footage. So I'm like, you know what? That's it's not it's too much of a classic. You know, to be you know, it's missing. I, it's missing something vital to the film, and I'm just I I don't want to I don't you know want to do that just for the you know i want no. i want to try to do it the best i can now we've shown a lot of stuff that right. i you know was starting was eyesores but again we got through these and we've had like prints that had uh you know warped and you know they they, they this the, the projector would it would make the projector shut down and, and they had to repair the respect the respect and integrity of, of 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 a film in particular if you really have enjoyed it over the years and you what you're talking about offering the best product available for the dollar for the price point and also the best quality, but it's also the integrity of something that you feel strongly about. If you have the option to show this film in a in a complete uncut and 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 highly restored condition versus a hissing falling apart about to break pink and orange nightmare, that's exactly what I'm going to go for. I mean, well, and, yeah, and you know, and, mm-hmm. yeah. And for years he did 35 millimeter, and you know the 35 millimeter thing didn't go on for like one or two shows. It was for decades and or more. <laughs> so, you know the opportunity. Well, a good example of of what you're talking about is something like the uh, the Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue, which there are no. I don't think there's any 35 prints out there, and I've, I I used to have deal. 16, and it was under the don't open the window tile, and it was cut to ribbons and. We can't show 16 anyway. I don't know if there's a 35 was, you know, that exists now, you know, and I don't. It would probably still be cut because the U.S. prints were cut. Now, when the restoration became available from uh, Synapse Films for repertory, right. I mean, I had that was like that was the opener of the one of the nights of the Span was the Spanish Horror Weekend. Right. And that was so just what? that it was just more, it brought yeah. more people in, and, and and the buzz talk literally on the page and in person was I would never miss seeing this in a remastered format on the big screen. That's exactly what it was. And 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 that that was a huge draw. The fact that I think we and, yeah, we showed it before the Blu-ray was even released because they had made it available theatrically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. some months before so it was like and with the time it was perfect. So and it was like before yeah. we get yeah. in the movie, I want to say this. I see a lot of people say well, it doesn't need to be remastered. It needs to look bad because that's how the filmmaker intended. You tell me that anybody, no, even back then, who are making a movie would make it look like crap on purpose, and I would just like, Max, 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 Max. No, there was never any intention, any film coming out of any studio anywhere. <laughs> 
was never intended to look like shit. So I'm not sure where that yeah. information. Yeah, I even or, like another good example is Frank Henenlotter didn't want uh, 35 of uh, basket case shown. But so I don't know what yeah. the reason was. Maybe he wasn't happy with the the way the the, the prints were made up. So you know they 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 did a they did a uh, you know a DCP a remaster available and you know we were able to book it and it was that that that's a, you know that looked great that was a lot of yeah. fun well you know you, was uh, called, that was uh, Frank uh, in the three in the thirty five millimeter print when the theatrical prints he didn't know what he was doing and the grain in it was like the size of golf balls. Well, that's that's there's your reason then, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the opening film on Friday night is a true classic, and the film's so controversial that parents got it pulled from theaters because they were afraid it would hurt the children. Well, and and, and let's just say that seems to still be trending in America today. Um. <laughs> The film is, is, of course, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and it's a controversial film with Santa Claus as a killer, featuring Lanaya Quinley briefly being impaled on deer antlers. Um, to our knowledge, it is the uncut version. Uh, we've had a lot of questions about that, um, so it's the most, uh, most um, thorough cut of the film available. And it was something that was going to be shown back in April of 2020, and it got pulled. So it's another one of the films from the lost show in 2020 that has returned. Back well, until uh, the Blu-ray, uh, they never could find a print to remaster. Okay. Well, that's, that, that answers your question of, like, this is something we can sh- – where that's made available to us that we couldn't show if we were just right. you know we only had a 35 projector and not the digital projector. Um, you know, and for people uh, for people listening out there, I mean, this is what theaters use now. This is not you know, right. it's just that's the norm. It's the norm. So we're just going with the with the. I mean, they're making the stuff available, so we're we're showing it. You know, we're we're there's, we're there's bringing you all kinds of different stuff. So. There's a big difference between the, the size of a, of a module, a thumb drive, versus a 300-pound, three-foot case that has to be carried and sent through the mail and everything. The price. Yeah. Well, you know, and but then, then, then again, there, a lot of these examples of these films, there's just no such animal anymore. It just doesn't Not exist. Anymore. You know, there's no, uh, you know, like Steve was saying, that, if if they're trying, they had trouble finding a printer, so I don't know how many prints are out there or what condition they're in, but. And they're probably cut, you know, because there was a cut version that was right. going around. And, uh, sure. But like like Gene was saying, this is something we, we had for 2020 and uh, that show that got canceled. So we're slowly bringing back a lot of the things we had. We we already showed a couple, I think. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Legend of Boggy Creek and... Uh, Ooh, yeah. Shopping mall. Was- Shopping mall. Shopping mall. Yeah, Chopping Mall is another one that was going to... Now we have that, and there'll yeah, be more direct, from that. Yeah, but the joke on Silent Night, Deadly Night is that it got pulled from the theater the day after, and the producer was just sitting there depressed. And then all of a sudden, his secretary ran and he said, you got phone calls. 
He's like, yeah, what? More people giving me crap? And it turned out that every VHS company, as soon as they seen the controversy behind it, was dying to pay get rights to it to put on video as a film they didn't want you to see. Sure. Well, we've seen it now. Again, on the big screen. Yeah, there's a few movies in the 80s that were actually like that. It's not just that film. They the same thing. There was issues with uh, He Knows You're Alone. A lot of women's groups were after that movie to be pulled forever. Also, a lot of people are forgetting the representation of the original Jason Voorhees um, in the film Friday the 13th. There was actually protesting because of uh, people believing that Jason Voorhees was, that they were mocking a special needs child. And it was on the cover of magazines, and there was a controversy about that. The 1980s was filled with a lot of controversy. Uh, still, I mean, it's not yeah. – filmmaking isn't the way it is now by any means. I mean, we see a lot of stuff that's pretty edgy and unusual, you know, in the theater is widely accepted. Uh, but back in – even in the 80s, there were a lot of people that were offended by that kind of stuff. It just wasn't the kind of thing yeah. that Hollywood wanted screened, you know, with nah. audiences. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Were you around when uh, we did uh, with He Who Shall Not Be Named, the director of Chopping Mall? Yeah, I why was there for that. Why can't he be there. named? Because he was well, an asshole. Was just, yeah, uh, yes, and me and him got into a slight argument on the air. Oh. Okay, yeah. well, we don't have, we, we, we have the no idea. The shopping mall has two great <laughs> things, well, three great things in it. First is Walter Paisley, played by Dick Miller. And Which the is the name of his character is, in Bucket of Blood. Yeah. Right? And the yeah, second right. is uh, well, the Bland, played by uh, Paul and Mary, Paul Bartell and Mary Warnall. They played the same character they played in Eating Raul. Right. 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 No, it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a real Corman kind of, well, at least uh, that, you know, that era of Corman, like the, the, yeah. the later, the 70s, the New World, it, it kind of harkens to the New World era of Corman because so of the, you, because of the to, actors you just mentioned, yeah. And what and what would be the entertainment value of this film in a retrospective, you know, manner? The film is about kids, you know, kids that were teenagers in the '80s in a mall, which could not be possibly more a perfect setting, being killed by a killer robot. So it it actually, you know, you can mock what Corman was doing, but he was definitely reading the trends because you you had movies that were very popular at the time, like. Uh, RoboCop and, and such, and you had slasher films, Terminator, and you had Valley Girl, Terminator, yeah, but listen, and Valley Girl, and all this other, you know, yeah. stuff that was trending, and then he rolled everything into one, you know. And Kelly Maloney, she she's a treasure. I had the opportunity of meeting her back in 2020 before we, when we were going to actually do the show, uh, the movie, the first time, and took some publicity pictures with her. And, you know, she did that film. She did Night of the Comet. I mean, she was the iconic Valley Girl kind of, you know, victim heroine. You know, it, it kind yeah. of Lanaya. Like, yeah, Lania and to interrupt yeah. you, 
It's it's a rough yeah. We have a in the in the raffle gift basket. We have a, a, a nice autographed picture of Kelly for, uh, still from Chopping mm-hmm. Mall, as well as an autograph of the the he who shall not be named yeah, director. Yeah, the director. So if you want to see what you want to see, he who shall be named's name. All you got to do is go on the Facebook page. That basket right. this right. year is loaded. You went above and beyond. Well, thank right. Every it's year to, I say It's nice that, that you say that, basket. you know, because I really think that I, I, I honestly think this is my my best basket. And, oh, and not yeah. not to be a, a mortar or, 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 you know, or, you know, uh, ask for sympathy and stuff like that. But, I mean, this is like, you know, I, I – I, purchased everything in this basket and the money that we make goes right back into the show so i mean and i'm telling you it's this is not like uh, this is this is you're talking about you have not only autographs of 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 uh, some of these uh you know 80s stars related to these films but you have out of print scream factory toys from both uh um Silent Night, Deadly Night, the first two films, the Santa Claus Killers, and, and most best of all, it's this custom-made Joe uh, Joe uh, Spinell uh, doll from Maniac, which is it's it, it, was, it was only thirty made, so it's twenty. And I I can, the, if anybody uh, wants to know, it's number twenty-two out of thirty on yeah. the back. And wow, it's extremely rare. It was not cheap, but you know, and I had to pay it off in time. And, and so if anybody's, you know, if you want to just buy a few tickets, a chance to get a really nice basket. I mean, it yeah, really, and, and, I, and I spent a lot of time on the, the, yeah. The Silent Night, Deadly Night doll goes for, went for about 80 or $90. That's what they're going for, yeah. yeah. And then I have the uh, Summer Party Massacre one. And we have a, a custom three-inch Maniac Cop one. Right. Um, all perfect. Yeah, you can go on the web if you go on the the driving super monsterama web web page. There's some pictures in there. We'll, um, you know, put up more. We'll do another like recap of that sometime during the. Well, weekend. you know, yeah. And on Friday night, the next two films after Chopping Mall. If you, Chopping Mall kind of sets the whole pace there for the. Um, or the type of, you know, uh, young teenage victims, valley girl types, and then the next two films, Slumber Party Massacre 2, which we have shown Slumber Party Massacre and Sorority House Massacre are extremely reflective of that theme. That's why they ended up on Friday night, back-to-back, after Chopping Mall and Silent Night, Deadly Night. So that was a really uh, good call, George. That yeah, Silent Night, Deadly program. Night 2 is what if Freddy... Uh, played rockabilly and had a guitar with a drill. You mean Summer Party Massacre too? Yeah, Summer Party Massacre too. Now here's a film like a lot of people. I've seen like you know uh, a lot of comments about this movie that it's you know like I mean it's to to to, to say a cliche it's like so bad it's good or it's so bad it's bad or so whatever the but this this is uh, this is one I mean when we showed the first one. See and and again I listen to I listen to the people I listen to the crowds I listen to what you know and uh, you know I was I was asked like would you show the second one would you show the second one I'm like yeah you know like I said it was made available and uh, here it is it, it goes with the night you know these 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 are just uh, 
you know, you put your mind on the shelf kind of movies. They're short. They they move quickly. You know, it's not uh, it's not Don't Look Now. It's not The Haunting. It's you know, it's just it's just uh, 80s, right? You know, slasher, and I love whatever you want to call it. That you know. they stopped the movie uh, two times in the middle for a big musical number. One from the girls. And the second one from the killer himself doing a pretty damn mean uh, rockabilly number. Right. This is I stuff you're not going to see on the big screen anymore. I, I, yeah. I, guess, it, I guess it has something for everyone then. I mean, yeah. how so, how can a term be, how, how can something be so bad that it's good? If you like it, it's good. <laughs> A lot of people like it, you know. That's the thing. Yeah. And and also, the, so so George, how does that figure into the last film, The Rorty House Massacre, which I actually don't know that much about. I'm sure I've seen it, but it's not exactly on my radar. So, what's that film about? It's a Sorority House Massacre. I mean, uh, it uh, <laughs> it came out after Slumber Party Massacre Three. And uh, Corman wanted another slasher, so we got Sorority yeah, House. Yeah, this is New Concord, right? Right, Steve? Yeah. This is a New Concord. Yeah, it's a New Concord. Uh, so it's more Corman, um, or Corm, you know, Corman involved, the executive producer, or whatever. You know, I mean. Right. But yeah, it ties in with the with the, with the whole theme, and uh, as as Edith Prickley said on SCTV, you get to see uh, chicks in their underwear. Right. This is not a, this yeah. is not a program like uh, somebody uh, recently <laughs> said to me. There, there's no room for political correctness in horror films. You know, this is you know this is just fun, fun a lot of fun nonsense, a lot of uh, stuff right. you don't see in movies anymore. And and you know it's right. not to be taken seriously. We're just all having fun, and uh, you know I'm just seeing, yeah. these, these are time these are not time capsules. These these eighty films. These are these are time capsules. They're, they're cable TV, VHS rental, you know, USA up all night type movies that right. a lot of people a lot of people yeah. have you know uh, a, a, an affinity to. And and yeah. and, and this one, I, we were talking about this about Sorority House Massacre on a on another uh, uh, program. It yeah. it the, the theatrical release when it first came out was very limited. It was more of a straight to video, even though it got some theatrical play. It was more of a straight to video thing. So it is, again, it's like, yeah, it's like, why not bring it something to the big screen, which a lot of people probably did not see in the theater. You know, right. I mean, I mean, God knows back in the day how many drive-ins this actually played, and probably not many at all. Probably not that many hardtop theaters either. I wouldn't imagine that it had a wide distribution. It was probably something that was very regional. Well, New Concord a- and uh, Concord was pretty much when uh, Corman had moved into the SOV market. It was rare to see a Concord or a New Concord film. On the big screen, the only one I can remember is uh, Carnosaur, the first one. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. That was, that was her. And again, that was more <laughs> like that was more popular on on VHS, though. If I'm not right. if I'm not mistaken, I remember just renting. I don't remember. It, I don't even remember. You know, in my area in in Long Island, New York, I don't remember it ever playing in the theater. I just remember just showing up on on VHS and renting it with a bunch of friends. Because it was a Jurassic Park ripoff, really. 
Rorty House Massacre comes in at one hour and 14 minutes, so it's a quickie, which is, is also nice. It makes for a nice evening when the films aren't, you know, almost two yeah. hours or hour and a half. It's well, a, quickie, a lot of the movies a, Friday night are nice quick, and quick, and we'll have trailers and things, yeah. but we're not, yeah. you know, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, Doc, so which one Friday are you looking forward to the most? That's a great question, because uh, you may get shocked at this, but out of all the movies on Friday night, I've only seen Silent Night, like Deadly Night. So I'm yeah, up for all three. Yeah, oh, you're going to love a Sorority House Massacre, too. It's just the right amount of silly fun. And the killer was a real guitar. It's like a Disney film, but with tits. Oh, yeah. The the, the Sorority (laughs) Slumber Party Massacre, too. Slumber Sorority House Massacre. Uh, All right. (laughs) If I only had a brain. Do some Saturday night, boys. Come on, what's the Saturday night lineup? You're opening Saturday. Saturday. Party. The darkest. Shopping mall part two. Yeah. Saturday, you're opening with the darkest film. I can remember watching this at the Central when they did their Halloween show. You know how most of the older films, the young crowd would laugh at them because there's so much of the 80s. Well, with this one, Maniac, as soon as Joe Spinell started talking to himself in the mirror like, you know you shouldn't go out tonight, they all shut up and they were like in shock for the rest of the movie. Yeah, those assholes need a good shock if they, you know, they go to laugh at a movie because, yeah. because of that MSC 3000 mentality. You no, know, that's like, not, that's, if you want to no, hear yourself laugh, then, then stay the fuck at home and laugh. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with being amused and laughing at parts of the movie. But if you go there and force yourself and think that it's you know, you know, a B movie or or, or something is you know, you gotta like you know sit there like an idiot and laugh at it you know, and say things like, out loud. That's bullshit. I was once at a, at a theatrical showing of uh, two Ray Harryhausen movies from the fifties, and there was like a, there was a few people. In there. It was like one of those little repertory theaters here, and they started like you know they. They were like doing like the thing where they had, they thought they had to do like an MST three thousand because it's an old black and white movies, and 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 this these were like I'd seen these people at other shows and they didn't do that so it's almost like you, you're trying you're forcing yourself to act like an idiot and, and say things at the movie and laugh at things just to hear yourself laugh and I yelled out shut the f up you know and then I they, then, the they, then they stopped you I know did so the same thing I did the same thing at- you know, and I've talked about this. I did the same thing at them. I went to see them down the street at the local theater, and these people were laughing. They were cracking up laughing and pointing when the giant ants first appear, and that is one of the most iconic moments in science fiction history and, yeah. and certainly one of the greatest the greatest uh, special sex achievements from the 1950s. Of, yeah, uh, the of effects Hollywood. are still hold up. Well, Not the laugh. Not really a laugh my, my point yeah. is yeah. that Maniac still has its bite that it did back in 1980. And it is a very okay. dark and disturbing film. I'll tell you something. I, and I, I keep, I've been saying this, that this Maniac is one of those movies where years ago I would tell people that I would never show it. At, the, at a monsterama, and here we are showing it. So that's anything can happen, you know. And it's because of what you said, Steve, about it being so dark and and being so uh, 
disturbing and graphic. The the Tom Savini effects in this are like his most, you know, because Dawn of the Dead and 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 even Friday the Thirteenth to some extent, the effects in there. I mean, they're they're like incredibly gruesome, but they oh. there's almost like a comic book mentality to the films. This one is like you know I, I when I seen it, I rented it on video in the early eighties when it and uh, and it, I just found it like very very disturbing. And uh, well. Tom got the the thing about it is that Tom got to really show off his his special effects talents, and he kind of just ran wild, and and you know he was presented with a lot of interesting scenarios, and he was able to you know come up with fairly accurate and horrible special effects. I mean, it, I think that's a testimonial to his ability of a special effects artist, you know, to to be able to do that. Too. Have a and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tom blows his own head off while getting thrown ass over right. tea kettle backwards right. off the car. Which yeah, is in the trailer, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I can't watch that part now after listening to the commentary where Tom told tells the story where he shot the shotgun on the car. And it caused him to fly backwards off of the back of the car from the sheer force of the shotgun blast. Oh, but, um, yeah, so William Lustig was the madman behind that film. And ironically, the second film of Saturday Night is Maniac Cop, which was another production from him. Um, it's a film that I didn't realize until the last couple of years it was as popular as it was. I remember seeing it as a rental at the local store and renting it and thinking absolutely nothing of it. But this film actually has a following um, and it's very popular. So that's one of the reasons why it's appearing. It's a good combination of Maniac Cop 2 or Maniac Cop also. (laughs) It just became available. It just became available for theatrical. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, they're, 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 we can show them. So, We'll see how this goes. If people, if people like like this presentation of Maniac Cop and they're they, you know they're they're gone gone about it, and if they ask about you know two, three, or you know at least two, so we'll start with two. You know we'll bring them. We'll, we'll we can bring that. And this, oh, absolutely. We'll uh, see how it goes. Weird you know? subgenre, as it's a horror action film. Okay. It's another one of those about a cop was wrong, and he comes back to get the people who framed him. Except that he comes back as like a Frankenstein zombie monster. I want to mention real quick before we move on to the third one that this film also features Bruce Campbell. It also features Sam Raimi, and it also features uh, one of our favorite actors from Pittsburgh, Tom Atkins. So there's quite a few people in this film. You mean uh, you mean Bruce Campbell, not not Sam Raimi, right? No, Sam Raimi's also. No, Raimi's in. Oh, that's what he plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he plays a news reporter. Right. Isn't William William Smith in it too? (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen. Isn't William Smith in it? Who? William Smith. William Smith. Bill Smith. Bill Smith, the the biker, Uh, the. Our favorite yeah. cult movie actor, Big oh, Bill Smith. Also, yeah. Listen, also Richard Roundtree. I'm I'm going down the Richard Roundtree, yeah. 
Huh? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I bet I met both uh, Richard Rountree and William Smith, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> and and William yeah. Lustig, the director. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there you and, go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so yeah. This is. Well, well, well. Uh, like, like the timing was right. We 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 wanted to show Maniac, and then Maniac Cop Two, I mean, Maniac Cop, I should say, became available at the same time. It just. Uh, <laughs> You know, it became available to book theatrically again in a remastered version. So it was like, well, that's a no-brainer. And uh, Gene was the right. one that he just said. I remember him saying, "Oh, you got You got to get that. You got to." And it was like, "Okay, done. It's yeah. We're, we're back gonna get to that back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. Have you heard the trailer? That I wrote the script for the trailer, and I want to thank um, our trailer maker out there. Lance Parkin, uh, incredible trailer. But the whole time I was writing the script for the trailer and I sent to George, we were laughing so hard because it was so, so cheesy. But it, it was perfect, you know. It was like, don't, if you're being attacked by a maniac, don't call the police. You might get a maniac caught. It was and, super cheesy. Uh, it, it kinda the go next together, film, so. yeah. <laughs> He's talking all week. I know he's yeah. dumb with me. I love he does that. He's like he's yeah. not he's not buying into the humor. It's like yeah. uh, that was two minutes ago. Yeah. All right, give us the third. And film, the please. next film uh, is one of those movies that doesn't live up to its reputation. I mean, uh, Mitchell is really great in this movie. But otherwise, the toolbox murders is okay, not bad, but oh. it's okay. I think it's I think it's a really fun movie, and you know Wesley Err is in that film, and uh, who was in Land of the Lost. I've, I I have met him a number of times at conventions. He we've talked about this movie. Um, it was a very unusual uh, film for him to do because I think he was trying to play into the whole David. I, in fact, they know he was playing into the David Cassidy sort of, um, you know, uh, heartthrob thing, and then to do this film in, in the opposite direction. And of course, I don't think we've seen many feature films with Pamela Burden, uh as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and I don't uh, think she's the, she's the former child actress who. Uh, he was um, glad to say, was, you know, wasn't, you know, came out of it, you know, uh, in a good way. She's, you know, I think she's working on her biography, and she's uh, actually she's one very of big into animal rights, that, and and one of the, yeah, one I mean, of the other came out of it fine too. I mean, because we always talk about how child stars, <laughs> some of them they don't, you know. They always have a lot of problems. That, Tell you, know, you what, Wesley, Wesley Err and Kathy Coleman from uh, Land of the Lost, they are at a convention every single weekend across America um, and and promoting Land of the Lost and doing the greatest uh, promotional pictures with fans and stuff. They are, they are a force to be reckoned with. I have a lot of respect for the two of them. So it's a pleasure to see him still working in some capacity after all these years. So congratulations, Wes. <laughs> I said, uh, Toolbox Murders, getting back to it's another gruesome movie that I I, I, I probably, if you t- asked me years ago, I'd probably say, no, we won't show it. We're not going to show that. You know, and here we are. You know, I, I, I have to say, I I, 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 um, I contradicted myself, but that's just the way, you know, that's just change. You know, it's, you know, you know, but it's that's, 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 that's changed. Yeah. 
It was such a classic video rental, though, with a name like The Toolbox Murders. It's just, it doesn't have to be the best film in the entire world. It's the title that was on that VHS cassette back in the 1980s that made it worth everything. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what sold it, The the Toolbox. This was one of the horror films that was, like, just so available as far as a, a video rental, it was just very, it was one of those that was yeah. everywhere prominently available and, you know, everybody rented it. And then, and uh, pretty much Toolbox Murders was Cameron Mitchell's uh, Spider Baby. Okay. The film where he got sobered up and uh, put his best work into it of his later career. Same as uh-huh. uh, Lon Chaney in uh, Spider Baby. Well, yeah, he did okay. do a lot of. Uh, I think there's a there's a crack about him in the in the Psychotronic book. Uh, yeah. You know that that book was written in like well, it came out in 1983, but there's a <laughs> there's a crack to the effect which I always remember because it's so clever. It's like it's something to the effect of like you know until John Carradine catches up, nobody's made more bad movies than Cameron Mitchell. You know, and I I, t- I think that's, right. that's that's cute and funny, and I take that in a, I take that in a complimentary way because you know I I like seeing so called bad movies with with Cameron Mitchell in them, you know. <laughs> and he did he did quite a few, and he you know he was doing he was doing Hollywood stuff. He was doing still like major movies at the same time, but then he would be you know in a, in a lot of lo- low budget uh, like, things. Like uh, Man Eater of Hydra. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's a good one. Though. That's a different part of the. I mean, that's like the '60s, and he was in. I mean, that's. I would love that's to have that back. And that's in when he was like condition. just. He was just great back in the '60s when he was doing, you know, Blood and Lace and Man Eater of Hydra and. And right, uh, right. yeah, Knives of the Avenger, directed by Mario Bava. Oh yeah, another Bava. That's right, and he he was a yeah, good film, good choice. He there, loved working right? with Bava from the from the interviews I've seen with him. If you ever uh, David DelVal did. Uh, had this show, uh, oh, and it, the, the name is escaping me. Where he would he would interview, uh, you know, genre movie celebrities, and he did a uh, one with Cameron Mitchell, which is terrific. It was probably done in the I'm thinking like the late '80s, uh, so he was at kind of at the end of his career at that point. But it's it's uh, right, right, it's right. available on on it's probably available on a blood on the Blood and Lace DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. But it's it's really right. terrific. And you could see he really was, he really loved working with Baba. You know, when he talks about him, he kind of like, you know, does his, he's almost imitating him, like, like you know, the way his Italian mannerisms uh, when he talks about Baba. But Cameron Mitchell right. was, was, uh, Cameron Mitchell right. was, was okay. He was, he was, he was a fun character actor. He did do a lot of bad movies, but uh, just like, like, like uh, Steve was saying, this is kind of his, uh, comeback starring role, I guess. Right. Good stuff. All right. So what's the yeah. final film of the weekend? Well, we actually started. With the I love Madness, film. yeah. That's I what it is. I thought it was, killer, I thought I it was Killer's Moon. Yeah. I thought it was Killer's Moon. Yeah, but still, Silent Madness <laughs> is, one of the, is the only one from uh, this year's lineup I haven't seen because I can never <laughs> find the VHS unless it was that red one 
that sort of ripped off the poster for shock treatment. Shock treatment. Yeah, it looks just it looks just like shock. It looks like yeah, the cover like you. I know you're talking about Steve. It looks like the VHS cover, the red one with the bald face with the. It, he looks like Richard O'Brien from Shock Treatment. It like doesn't yeah. really. I think in when when Vinegar Syndrome re-released the the Blu-ray package, I think that that artwork is somewhere in there, not on the cover of. Now, like that's the the original poster which we which we're using for our you know artwork and for for the shirt and stuff. I, I just love that that concept. Yeah, and, it, uh, it, it really sums up the whole image of the weekend. It does, you know. Yep. <laughs> it's it's kind of like cartoonish and but you know, but but cool at the same time. That that image, it's a great, it's great artwork. And at, at that time when that when that poster came out, we were talking about a 1984 movie, and this is like the era when there was a lot of. Uh, a lot of like uh, the posters were mostly faces. It was starting to, they were very uncreative where they didn't, they were starting right. to not use right. a lot of like that colorful artwork that sticks out that makes you really love the poster and want to own the poster. And they, they, the, by the mid 80s, that really started. Like, there's still a few, <clears throat> but if you look at like what happened, like after the, I, guess, I would say like the Freddy Krueger era of horror, they, they kind of, you know, for the most part, lost the imagination of doing nice artwork on the posters. It was, it was a lot of like yeah. you know, photoshoppy kind of things and faces, and you know, right. I'm not, 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 not everything. I mean, there were some the... good ones at that time, but yeah. but it's it definitely died down. It wasn't like it was in the the 60s and 70s, and 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 going back even further. I forget, but this uh, director had a gorgeous piece of art made for his posters, and it was about the mid-90s, and the head of the studio promotion department said, we're not selling the movie, we're selling the stars. That's what people want to see. They want to see the stars, not the movie. That's to show you how the mentality changed, you know, the whole movie industry. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all good. Uh, which so one of those are you looking forward to, Doc? Oh, Saturday. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. I have not seen any of the films on Saturday either, so all these are new to me, and I'm very excited to see them. Good. Oh, I'm you're going to enjoy Maniac Cop. It's Actually, like a cross between. Uh, it's like a cross between uh, Death Wish and Frankenstein. Right. Cool. That actually makes us very happy. I'm glad to hear that. That you're uh, just so excited. Um, that makes me very happy. Actually, I'm, I'm, I know you're going to have a good night. Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to be sick like I was last time. I had to run home oh, from God. Pennsylvania. That was a blast. Oh, I'm yeah. Everything is going groovy. You need to listen to the September show. I was talking. I actually mentioned the fact, not your name, depending the fact that you, I was that I turned pale as a ghost when I found out what happened to you there from Carl. Yeah. I okay. I was, I was sick before I went down and I, we thought it was a science fiction, but it was something a little bit worse, but I'm okay. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah well, we'll be, we'll be looking forward to seeing you as always. We're happy that you make the, 
big drive. We're happy that everybody makes the big drives to come in for the event. It's uh, so important to us to see those spaces every year. So, yeah. Well, I'm getting a lot. I'm getting a lot of my strength back. So good. maybe someday, maybe someday, I'll be back up there for the Monsterama. Good. I sure hope that'll be awesome. Yeah, because I miss you guys. And I miss my oh, glider. Miss it's gone. I think you missed a funnel cake. <laughs> what? I think you missed a funnel cake. No. Is the well, is the glider gone? <laughs> I don't know. I never sat in it. Oh, you mean that swing chair thing? Yeah. We'll make if you come, we'll make a new one for you and just swing you around. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just swinging around right. like a pinata, just start hitting you with a stick. It'll be like an after- it'll be like an afternoon activity. Raffle basket, and, uh, t-shirt sales, of, and, uh, and Steve yeah. Aquilo with the human pinata. I can remember the basket the last year I went with Doc, and there was this one guy who bought tickets that when he stood them up. They were, they were as tall as he was. Okay. Well, I, I, I hope he was. I hope he was very tall, and I hope that that, yeah. that happens again this time out. Because, like I said, there's a lot of effort's been put in this basket. Whoever wins this one is gonna is gonna be smiling from from ear to ear because this 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 one. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just tooting my own horn. This one just. I'm really proud of this one. I it's really am proud of this one. Yeah, very. And I got it done a lot early. I, you know, it was like when when we, when when this show was 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 um. You know, uh, pretty much set or in the, at least in the planning days. I'm like, what am I going to do with the? Ba-? I mean, for basket. I'm like, I uh, then I I started to, and I'm like realizing that there's items around these movies that, you know, they're not cheap. So I bought them slowly over a period of time and. I put it together. We got a really nice autograph, too, from Anaya Quigley, too, when she was here in Pittsburgh. So yeah. Included in there. So she was. Uh, she didn't really have anything available that was to sign for us. And uh, I, I call I him, what's his name? I'm going to say this. Uh, on behalf of everyone who goes to the drive-in, goes to the Monsterama, and want to keep going, Thank you, Jim Wynorski, for donating your autograph for the basket. Yes, I do have to thank him for that. But that yeah. Or anyway, anyway, he he, he donated he donated to the autograph to the basket. That's a new one on me. Well, he sold it, but I you know what I mean. I thought Stop he was who shall not be named. Stop yeah. having fights on your show with people I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's about the only one I did have a fight on, fight with on the air that wasn't a host. Well, you know, in social media today, whether you're speaking to somebody on a podcast oh, God, or whether you're yeah. posting on your page, everybody sees everything. So I know of another incident where somebody shit on a shit on a something. Well, I'm not saying you shit on it, but I'm saying. They shit on someone's work, and that person took it very personal and went after them. And it, that's very common these days. I mean, you you have to remember, Facebook and social media, 
is a direct line to a lot of celebrities. It was never that way decades ago, but now, you know, celebrities I that I that I have worked with and I continue to work with see things on Amazon. They see things everywhere, and I hear about it. And a lot of them are not looking at social media or sales anywhere anymore because of that. You just you can't. You're always going to have somebody that disagrees with you out there, and you're not going to appreciate their their criticism. And in some cases, from what I've seen dealing with people on our page, their criticisms are pointless anyway, so who wants to listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not well, trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be negative, but it's I, just absurd. You know, um, you know? The name who, who, who shall not be said, I don't like him personally. For what was said to him to one of to, to one of our call people who called in specifically to talk to him, but I enjoy his movies, and because I enjoy the movies, I will still support this person, but I will not deal with them personally. I will never have him back cast again. That's all. So, but anyway, all right. Well, listen, good show, guys. It's wonderful. Well, uh, wait, oh, we still got a lot of stuff we ain't touched. Uh, how many oh, T-shirts are left? I thought we were done. You're always no, trying to I'm not. I'm not done. I mean, it's still early, I'm so I'm, good. Still, I'm not in a hurry. Yeah, I'm feeling good oh, this good. year. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, how many T-shirts? One, one day, in, one day in a one day at a time in Archie Bunker's yeah. place, and no one go on Sunday night. So I, I'm not going anywhere. But <laughs> why? Hey, what? How many T-shirts do you guys have left? I don't know. Well, how the hell would I? We don't know. Yeah, we don't. We don't know because it's, how many stars yeah. are in the sky? How many fingers am I holding up? Five. Hey. No. Now mean... listen. Twelve. No. Listen about the t-shirts. Uh, if anybody's listening, which is you know uh, up in the air, but if anybody's listening, you know, go to the if you want to pre-order the, the, the t-shirt either by mail order or or pick them up at the show, which we prefer. Uh, you know, go go on there, and you can make uh, all the details are on the community page, Driving Super Monsterama page. You can pre-order them, and then you definitely have it, you know, reserved. We're not gonna we're not gonna like sell you the shirt until we know it's it's sold out. We're gonna, I'm sure we'll have some at the show that you can come up and and you know buy it at the at the time. But we can't hold it. We can't hold any. Um, yeah, we, we they're they're. Prepay only because here's the reason why. If we pull shirts for people with the anticipation that they're going to get them, and we don't sell it to somebody else, and we're lacking the sale, and yeah. we're lacking somebody else getting a shirt, so we simply can't do that. I mean, they yeah, need I, to be prepaid. Yeah, I can remember the first year I went, I seen the shirt, and I was like, oh, I'll wait on it, wait an hour. Then I went back an hour later to look for a shirt, and all sizes were gone. <laughs> Right, they don't laugh. So, well, that was when Ron was still doing them. We're doing yeah. Well, them now. Ron, we, Ron was a is a is a friend and patron Very of the, limited the show, and he was really. just doing them, you know, a, a limited amount, and it was his, you know, his own creation. And when he stopped doing them, you know, we were we, me, Gene, and I were like, you know, we have to do a T-shirt yeah. and, and and do a more mass production of it, and and think about, you know. <clears throat> And, and do all the advanced orders, and because and, and, you know, because a lot of people want the bigger sizes, which we can't, we can only do limited amounts of because they're a lot more expensive, first of all, and 
we don't want we don't want to waste in stock, so we try to get you know what people <laughs> are asking for. The right. less now we've been doing the, this is the third time we've been doing the, the t-shirts ourselves, uh, it, it, you know, and that's talk, that's two April, no two what is it two September shows and one April show, yeah, so far. Point. And now this so. is the second April, so this is the fourth shirt that we've done, right? On a, right. And and they 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 always sell out. So if you're listening yeah. and you want so, a shirt, I would I would definitely pre-order it. You know, on PayPal. Special not, thanks. To yeah. Bill Van Ryn from Groovy Doom for doing the shirt as always. And Bill Van Ryn, uh, yeah, he he effortlessly effortlessly designs the shirt beautifully. Right. I mean, it's like he's he, it's like we just tell him the concept, and it was like, and then he just turns around and does. The design and it's 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 always perfect. We've been you can't say good, enough good things about them. And and our our printer in Texas, uh, is, is to, yeah, fast custom t-shirts. Fast custom t-shirts. Store. They have been wonderful uh, to deal with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we thought we loved yeah. this guy. We we, we can't uh, talk more about how much we admire Joe and. You know, he he always finds a way to make sure that the stencil, you know, the design is perfect for us if he has to make some alterations. And, you know, there are never these tiny little, like, post-size stamps. When he goes and prints them and we see one for the first time, George Byron Post, like, oh, my God, it's huge and beautiful. And, um, and, and he does a great job. So he's a fantastic guy. One of these days, he says, when he get up from Texas to our show, Looking forward to that. We'll get him a vending spot so he can sell some of the shirts he has from other, um, from other, uh, you know, movies and stuff. But he's a good guy. So they're they're the people yeah. that are yeah. our background for the for the shirts. Is uh, Ron uh, and, and crew uh, going to have their uh, table as usual? Yes, Ron. Ron and Creepy Classics will be on the inside of the building, and we will have yeah. Bob. Time Bomb Toys uh, on the outside of the building Friday night only, but Richie from Monster Mart will be there both Friday and Saturday. Unfortunately, Bob can't do two days this year because he has a concert that he is attending with his wife on Saturday. So he's bringing a lot of good stuff for Friday night. Um, you know, again, those two folks, um, Ron and – well, Ron's always been a staple, but Bob and, and Richie are kind of new to the mix and they've been tremendously wonderful to work with, and they always offer a variety of stuff that's really about the movies that we're showing in April. So that's why they're key. Bob sells a lot of stuff at the show, and uh, we're very thankful for Bob. In fact, Bob's always excited about it. I talked to him throughout the year. He's very excited. He's been, like, constantly plugging the show. And, yeah, like, he's, he's, he's his, a, his stock of... of, of, of uh, <clears throat> Paraphernalia and T-shirts and 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 poster reproductions and toys and all kinds of stuff. It really caters to the to the audience for the April show. So if you know if you come Friday, you're gonna you're definitely gonna want to peruse his setup and uh, pick up a few things. And he's a really nice guy too. Really really nice guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, you're going to have the usuals there, like Haluski, uh, pizza, hot dogs. Yeah, in fact, Emma, the Emma, the manager of the, of the Riverside, ju- just a few hours before we started the show, 
she sent me the the specials menu, so we put it up on the community page, yep, the Drive-In Super Monsterama page. So uh, I, I actually I don't know how I forgot, but I, the the list was like printed out, so I had to retype it, and I, I somehow forgot to put the the Haluski was the first thing on the list. And Todd's like, you forgot the Haluski. I'm like, oh, so I but I fixed it, so it's it's on there now. So we you know yeah all the specials yeah, are there. Yeah, it's a lot of favorites because people cause people who come to the show always ask you can have this you can have that you can have the taco you can have you know the pierogi pizza whatever it's like yeah everybody has their favorites and I think they oh, I think yeah. they're 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 catering to the to the what the the, the patrons of this show really like you know it, it, it's a good thing you're going to have a lot of chili and uh, I'm actually looking at the menu right now the Husky homemade chili homemade beef and veggie soup soft taco Nashville Nashville hot chicken breast, taco pizza, pierogi pizza, cheesecake, funnel cake, yum, yum, yum. And um, the good thing you're going to have, like, the chili, because the weather's not going to be too warm this weekend, but that's not a bad thing. No, it's going to be our traditional cold weather. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tradition. Yeah, yeah, I can remember when I went to see uh, Evil Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, my first one. Uh, it started out about 50 or 60 when the sun goes down. But by the time the third movie started, it was around 10 to 20 degrees. Well, it won't be that cold, but it, it definitely does drop. Yeah. Yeah. So so bring your layers. Uh, yeah, it's a nice crisp night. Let's put it that way. Will the couch will the couch bar be there? The couch bar, uh, Brad. Yeah, Brad is going to be there. Um, he's the he's the guy with the the couch setup that you can't miss. And uh, I, I, as far as far as I know, he's going to be there. Yeah, he oh, seems to be very looking forward to it. Yeah, he's been uh, he's one of the patrons of of the show that actually was fairly close to the theater and fairly. When I say fairly close, I'm saying within an hour of a drive, like for you know, because like I said, like like we said, people come from so far away to go to this thing. So if you're like any, if you're only like an hour, a couple hours away, that's that's considered close. That's considered close. Why? Where where yeah. I live now, I am six hours and a half straight. That's drive. about the same for me. Yeah, that's about the same for me. Well, yeah, I'm so happy to be to come this year. Oh goodness me, I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm so happy you're able to. Me too, especially with all the crazy contract stuff I've been going through lately. But we're we're good to go unless well, unless something new comes. I'm so pooed about the contracts. I get to give a poot about the health. Health is good too, so no worries. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what else, but, too, we want to thank. I'm having the worst post-nasal drip tonight. I apologize. And, of course, this weather here in Pittsburgh is not helping. But thank you to Emma and Todd and the whole, uh, everybody at the at the Riverside. They do such a banner job every year. They're they're great people. Yeah, we've been, so, like, back. I've been back and forth and back, you know, it's like, and we just, we've been, like, the communication has been so, uh, you know, just, Consistent, especially with this show. I think it's just because it's just so elevated at this point. Mm-hmm. In the, at this stage of the show, everything's so becomes so elevated. And um, oh, yeah, I want to. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's like 
I want to say I'm not going to say to say hello to Laura out there who found us through Groovy Doom. I just found her message on the community page. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, the Groovy Doom show is a really good friend of ours. Um, you know, uh, he's been, I've been Bill for, oh, my God, I'm 30 oh, years. and it's this is as a fan. Uh, Criterion pretty much puts all of its uh, films that it has <clears throat> under the Janos uh, thing as a, uh, Theatrically, right? You mean Janus films? Yeah, Janus films. Yeah, right. I think it was the, the, the vampire and the Night Stalker. Yeah, but what I'm saying is they have one that's coming out in June that would be great for the drive-in. I warned everybody. Everybody, I warned Well, we, you know, let's like, like, you tell us what that is, Steve, and let's, let's talk about stuff. Let's talk about stuff you let's talk about let's talk about stuff you guys would like to see in the future. Uh, yeah, ahead, Steve, the, what is the target what is the title you're you're building up to? Target. I want to Oh yeah. Target. No, I have that on pre order. That's a yeah, that's a piece of work. No and and the fact that it takes place uh you know, partially at the drive in, you know yeah, that's uh, yeah. like a film within a film kind of thing on the I love, uh, you know, we were thinking of, I, well, I was at least in my own, in my head, like about films that, uh, like horror films that we could show that have drive-in scenes, and there's a, there's a few. Oh, and actually one of them well, I hope to bring by next year that I'm thinking of, and but yeah, Targets is, is definitely a, would be a good choice. Classic Karloff, yeah, and it's, it's a... Uh, and very, it's uh, very... pretty much uh, the film that uh, said Cora of the 60s and hello to the modern horror, which was the serial yeah. killers of the mm-hmm. and it was, 70s. Uh, yeah. And it's Peter Bogdanovich who made it and who not necessarily was a fan of uh, horror films at all. I think right. when when he when he was on the set with Karloff, he was more interested in talking about his non horror films than 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 like Frank you know right. Frankenstein right. or whatever you know. Yeah. He he was you know more interested in his uh, in like non non horror Hollywood performances. So that just goes to show you. Yeah, but it's definitely like it, it definitely is like. Shows the end of the '60s. The you know the, that came out in what '60 '68, yeah, right around the right before the Manson murders and stuff. And after right. Whitman, what else would you got? What else would you guys like to see in the future that we have or have shown before? I have two movies that I would love to see okay. at, at a driving theater. First one is The Green Slime, because it's just how cheeseball corny it is, and it's just a wonderful yep. movie. That's been our um, Well, let me stop you there for a second, because Gina and I talk about The decade, Green Slime. It's been on the radar for a decade. Uh, you know, it's, it's Warner Brothers. We'd have to figure out how to... That film is, is, is like the perfect... is like one of yeah. the perfect driving movies, because it is, it, is, it is crazy wild. It's loud. It's got monsters... It's got it's it's got everything. It, it's just so much fun. I just watched it again recently. Yeah, it's one of those too. movies you I just got to watch every once in a while, and it, and it's 
yeah, it's crazy fun. It's 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 probably going to happen. You're right, and that's a great choice. That's like a top ten choice, in my opinion, of of something that you know would play well at a driving. Oh, the September Pretty show, it's spot on. We what we were thinking of, kind of to throw this out there, but not to give any details. We were looking at doing some sort of maybe crazy. Like, uh, I don't know, George, maybe I'm wrong with this, but I'm going to throw this out there. Um, we've talked about maybe like a science fiction kind of like, uh, not like a modern science fiction, but just like a part of science fiction movie with like Green Fly and Godzilla and other stuff thrown in. Oh, my God. Uh, I'd, I'd be there. Uh, oh, the I'd be there. Towel, not, not go get a paper towel. A bunch of random movies, uh, just random programming that doesn't really have anything to do with one another in September, just what would be like the best of uh, everything, you know? Like a UHF uh, sci-fi mix or something like that. Remember the old, sci-fi, the old sci-fi monster movies they played on, U- on the UHF? I about the drive-in back in the day was how things didn't really matter what was back-to-back. You saw a lot of films that played back-to-back that made absolutely no sense, but, you know, they, when you look at them in a, retro, a retrospective, they seem to make more sense now than they did then. Yeah. What was the other film besides the Green Slime? You said there was another one? Actually, yeah, the uh, Mad Max, uh, the first two Mad Max films. That's the first two. Yeah, like the, like the original ones are good. Oh, yeah, no, man, Mad Max, uh, yeah, especially the first one. Yeah, that's like, I really didn't think about that. That's a good choice. Really? It Thank is you. A good choice. Yeah, both, of them, both of them, actually. You know, that's the like, that brings up something, like, you know, like the, those those type of like a post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, the, all the right. Italian uh, rip-offs. I, when I say Italian, I say Italian-made productions. Yeah, that you know, Escape from New York is actually uh, on the short list of something, of one that will will hopefully show it's soon. Likelihood it's going to oh, cool. It's another uh, film. When you talk about Thirty Five, like I've seen a print or prints out there that just like completely devoid of of color and depth, and uh, and uh, and the the company that owns it uh, for theatrical distribution, Rialto Films, is is uh, you know presenting it uh, in, a, in a restoration, and that's something we would definitely um, jump on. And it's, uh, it's a title that comes up a lot, Escape from New York. And Carpenter, John Carpenter films are always, uh, also, you know. Also, Prince of Dark, I like to throw that out. Prince there. of Darkness. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. We've talked about Prince of Darkness for a future show. We've talked about... Yeah. Um, what you know, would be great back-to-back, but it really uh, can't happen because you'd already shown it would be a back-to-back of uh, at 80s night of uh, Prince of Darkness and uh, Life Force because both of them are uh, love notes to Nigel Keane. Okay. okay. First of all, you're talking about <laughs> Nigel Neal. Yeah, I don't know yeah. who Nigel Keen is. I think Nigel Keen was uh, the guy who owned the deli down the street. But <laughs> Life Force, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I yeah, that's a that was a that was um yeah. yeah that was 
That works well. I mean, but I, I, it's kind of soon. I don't know how popular yeah, it is. Yeah, you showed that back on uh, that. But doing a love letter to Nigel Keen or Nigel Neal. Neal, I don't yeah. know if it's going to really, you know, these these, these these modern hip kids don't care about Keen too much. Yeah. Well, you know, I think. Or, and for the drive-in thing, there's a, well, I think you have shown drive-in massacre. <laughs> But there's no, also we haven't, dead. Oh, drive well, we haven't massacre. shown drive in massacre, and I can show drive in mass. I can get in a drive in massacre. So <laughs> and dead in drive in. Dead in drive in. That's so strange for I've actually never seen that one. Isn't that a, like a, is a few, isn't that like a post apocalyptic kind of thing? Uh. Sort of. It's yeah. like uh, Mad, yeah. the first Mad Max, a pre-apocalyptic movie. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I have to. I have to check that out. I still have not seen that one. Nor have I, actually. So. Yeah, I mean, those are some good choices, but um, you're going to see a lot of interesting programming coming your way. And- this September in particular and, and future Septembers oh. because it's wide open. Lynn, for a lot Lynn of, Holly Johnson night. Yeah, we're going to be doing that soon. Um, you know, we. No, we're no, be no, because I, I know I, the I, full story about when you're going to show it, and no, not until the, not until <laughs> the last show. We're going to be showing Ice Castles and and uh, which we oh. think is one of the greatest A's films ever made and. And die laughing. Lynn Holly Johnson is one of the greatest actresses and, 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 and a legend. <laughs> I'm going to show her James Bond movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and watch her in the woods, the highly underrated uh, Disney production. Oh, my gosh. Watch her in the woods. That'd be amazing. That, that, that Disney, that Disney it is a good knows. movie, actually, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very good. But, there, you know, yeah. we've talked about this so many times. There's so many movies that came out from Disney during that transitional period where Disney, before Disney discovered that they could, you know, rape modern entertainment with these ridiculous animated movies, which are horrible. Yeah. They're not my, they're not my generation, and they're complete shit, in my opinion, all of them. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not a fan. No, when I was a kid, we saw double features of all – because they would bring them back in the summer. There was a theater that would bring them back as double features, and it was, an, you know, the classic animated ones and then the live-action ones. I always loved the live-action ones, like all those well, 70s, you know. You know, Witch Mountain, Escape the Yeah, Witch but like Mountain. the comedy ones, I'm talking about, like the like the, the ones with, one of like the Apple Dumpling, like the Apple Dumpling Gang and the Boat Nicks and, all, and all those kind of... Uh, yeah, one of, that, that one I saw in the theater. Yeah, one of our dinosaurs. Yeah, Hot Lead and Cold Feet. Yeah. Uh, the one with David Niven with Jodie Foster. Yeah, the North. Yeah. It was one with Jodie Foster oh, and David Niven. Candle. 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 Yeah. But that was really part of that whole period where Disney was trying to compete uh, with with what was happening in Hollywood at the time, and and you know they invested money in Dragon Slayer, which is, oh my God, that film's incredible. I I just. And I watched the making of it when I got the Blu-ray, and it talked about how it was a give and take from the Hollywood studio with Disney because they both had the same idea of what they wanted to do, but with their combined financial assets, 
they could take the risk of doing a movie like Dragon Slayer. And I'll tell you what, it holds up to this day. It, it, the Blu-ray is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, but, I got you know, to get that, yeah. You Girl, know what I wish that Disney would let out of its vault? Uh, the Storm of the South? The Ray, no, the Ray Bradbury yeah. cut of Something Wicked This Way Come and right. uh, the three different endings to Watcher in the Woods that they filmed. Right, right. Both of those films, including, and even, it kind of even got, I think Black, the Black Hole and Tron even kind of got lumped into this category. Then there was an older film that came out called Island at the Top of the World, which was another yeah. action film that, that Disney kind of just, you know, they, they, they disowned. And I remember well, that. Well, it, it had David Harbin from uh, Good Morning America. Right. right? Hard to believe, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah. Anchor Bay got the rights to those back in the day before Disney took back the, the rights to those movies and, and put those films out on DVD. So, you know, I have those copies. But there was a lot of films in the 80s that Disney put really big money into and they were successful. And Disney just kind of, again, dropped everything for the success of these animated musicals and stuff, you know. Well, um, who knows? Maybe in September we'll do a Dean Jones night. <laughs> You know, the little, the, like little the, the Black Cauldron was great, and that the little, because and it was too so scary for kids. As well, you know, Little Mermaid. Um, people were concerned about the the typecasting or the non-typecasting of the the remake, the live action remake. And the funny thing about it is that that original story by Hans Christian Andersen, you know, it, it doesn't have a happy ending. She chooses to die at the end of that film. And uh, at the end of that story, and it's extremely depressing, and Disney took that and turned it into this completely different animal, which I know a lot of people listening have loved that film for decades, and it means a lot to them. Believe me, I respect that. But I've never been happy with the way that Disney sort of gave up all their action and science fiction films and went that route of those those fluffy movies. Yeah, do you uh, remember a touchstone film, uh, Disney's adult? Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. They they turned out a lot of actually really entertaining movies. Touchstone put out a lot of really entertaining movies for a while. You know, there was a lot of good ones that came out from Touchstone. They were highly enjoyable. They were well-directed. The casting was good, and... I don't think Disney Disney's ever really found itself, and of course now they own every single property on Earth, so it doesn't matter. They're even pumping money into Doctor Who now, from what I understand. So now they have acquired some sort of you know mutual rights with the BBC for that. It's it's uh, they're oh, becoming an empire, empire of everything. The whole world revolves around Disney, and and also that issue with Disney is because they control such a large part of the market that. You know, you know, you have to show their movies, or you're, you you don't get anywhere. You know, they they have to play in so many theaters for so long. The agreement's probably a little bit different than other other studios, I'm sure. You know, I can't speak. No, that contract changed in 1985 when Top Gun came out. It's like it was like if you want the A. Uh, Tom Cruise film in your theater, you've got to take our shitty B film and put it in your theater. Basically blocking the independents from the drive-ins and the theaters. 
great. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, it is what it is. Okay, guys, it's all set. We have uh, Lynn Holly for September. It's Lynn Holly Johnson night on Friday and Dean Jones night on Saturday. It's been booked. There you go. Well done. So we're going to have the love bug, Shaggy Dog. Damn it. Oh, God, Dean Jones. (laughs) The tragedy is now there. (laughs) You could show, I I still say you should show Super Dad with Bob Crane. Yeah, I was just, you know, before before we started the show, I put on Me TV and they were showing a love boat. And Bob Crane was on, like Bob Crane on the world. Right. Yes, and then yeah. I looked at the at the end, the you know the end credits where they had the year in no removals, and it was 1978. I'm like, geez, that's the year he died. So I mean, this is like you know probably like the last thing he ever did. I wanted to I wanted to tell Eric um, another movie that's been discussed that you would probably like to see at the drive-in is also Laser Blast. We talked oh, about Laser. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's yes. Another, oh, yes. That's a, that, that's a, that's a made-for drive-in film, science fiction film, uh, with a lot of wide appeal. Um, I remember when it played at the drive-ins everywhere. It was very popular. So Laser Blast is another one I've been I've been tooting my horn for for quite a while. I'd like to see Laser Blast on the big screen. It has everything. It has car chases in the desert. It's got aliens. It's got laser beams. It's got teen hunks. <laughs> it has uh, stop motion animation. It, it's a it's a total package. That film, it's really. that show yeah. Rebo Smith, right? It has Mark Hamill. I'm kidding. <laughs> it has Roddy McDowell. I don't know how we got it. Yeah, it was like yeah, that's a weird. No, that was, weird. Uh, For too bad seconds. it's a horror show, or else I'd be plugging for you to get Corvette Summer. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. So yeah, that's, that's a horror popular. of a different nature. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That and that that and roller books. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> when we when we do the Annie Potts night, then we'll show uh, we'll show uh, Corvette Summer. <laughs> All right. Did you say roller babies? I said roller boogies. Oh, roller babies. Roller babies. You know another one with Jason Patrick. Another good horror film, actually, with Linda Blair, is Hell Night. That's another underrated. That's a good. Oh, that's oh, good. Yeah. I, I'd be there. Another underrated uh, film from the 1980s, you know. So. What's wild is how low of a body count it has for an 80s slasher movie. There's only, oh, like, gosh. I think, one, two, three, four people that get killed in the whole movie. Okay. Hey, once oh. in a while, I like that film. Every once in a while, I like to watch that film and pull it out and watch it. So I've always been a fan of Hell Night. I think it's a lot of fun, you know. It's, yeah. It's what about the thing of death? Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. buffet. Yeah, I, I, I would go for that one. I love yeah, for, for a September show, absolutely. Definitely oh my god, yeah, that'd be hysterical. What about Impulse? Huh? Impulse. Impulse. Oh, the one the with Shatner. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
That so one's actually you guys, a good one. If yeah, you guys well, pause, they're doing it. They're doing a. They're doing it like a new. Uh, uh, it's it's getting a new theatrical run. It's being you know released, and it's it's been offered to me, but I don't. You know, and I'm like, I don't know. You know. Yeah, I think about it, but I don't know. It's not exactly like a. Uh, it's kind of a horror movie. It is a horror movie, really, because he's. It's not a monster movie. I I don't know. It's what? Bill I'm looking to a shot tonight. What? It's Bill uh, Griffey, dang it. So it does yeah, well, count Griffey's for the drive-in. Yeah. He made movies well, just for the drive-in. Yeah. I mean, if you guys could get, like, Incubus, where, the, where everybody speaks Esperanto, I would pay to see that. Which one? Yeah, uh, seriously. Incubus, Incubus is the one with Shatner. Shatner, where they all play say, in- Esperanto. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, that one's uh, pretty that. much right. I think people. I think with people. I think people would pay to leave if we showed that. <laughs> no, I, I. I have this movie. I haven't seen it in ages. I. I just. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, we do Shining Light. We show that, and uh, the one where he's the racist guy in the South, the Corman movie, The Intruder, Ooh. which has nothing to do with right. horror. We just, we just do like a Shining Light. Where just, I actually just. I'm not on movie just, We'll show like the the promise commercials. I I'd love that. Yeah. Would you guys be it's able too... to do Night of the Demon, the old black and white film, or yeah. Curse of the Demon? I think they've yeah. done that. Would... that. Have you? No, we haven't. No, that's we like haven't. oh that 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 that's something that we'll see that comes up a lot because uh, we're always you know talking about doing another like fifties kind of night. Right. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've box. done that. Before. We've done it. Before. We've done a fifty, like a more fifties with some sixties weekend, and that was a, that was a pretty. That was a that was uh, that, that went was well. Show. I've been there. Yeah, yeah that went well. We, we had like the creature from the Black Lagoon and the attack of fifty foot woman in, in there and things like that, and you know some uh, uh, she demons horror and party. yeah horror party beach. We just six. It's like kind of mix of like. 50s, mostly 50s, but some 60s drivers. No, actually, Saturday night was all 50s with the creature and the, I think Attack of the 54 Woman, and and we I, we showed five movies that night because it was because uh, they were shorter, so we yeah. like kind of just cut down the trailers and just showed the five features. Yeah, some that's them, like a 54 Woman uh, runs like an like an hour and five minutes or something yeah. like that. That's right. when Doc chewed out me and Josh during its. It conquered the world. What was it, Doc? The black and white one with the alien. Uh, it conquered the world or something. Oh, it Were came from beyond space. Yeah, it came from beyond space. We had to go right. somewhere because Joss was having a baby show the next day. And uh, Doc was like, what are you doing? No, you it mean that we, showed, that we showed? <coughs> yeah. Were you talking about what we showed at the driving? Yeah. It's a character. That's what, yeah, it's a terror from beyond space with the, the one yeah. that they said Alien ripped off, no, well, Alien imitated, uh, with Ray Cash, Ray Crash Corrigan playing that that like creature monster yeah. in the in the spaceship, yeah. 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 Oh, that was such a but good one. we, but it was hilarious. Doc was like, "What are you doing? This this <laughs> is it. It's the terror from beyond space, and you're leaving." <laughs> It's a question. Oh wow! I get it. Well, but, yeah, like Curse of the Demon is 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 a great film. I just watched it, and ha- you know, it was one of those movies where, uh, 
I, I just put it art. I'm not saying that, that like there's people out there that adore that movie, and I, I like it a lot. It's not it's not like it's not something that like it's not a film that I uh, watched over and over again over the years, but I do like it a lot. I, I watched it on Halloween again, and and it just it it holds up so well. It's just really well done. Yeah, it's very very well done. It's very well produced and available for narrow. So. No, actually, it's um. Does Arrow have both cuts? No, it wasn't Arrow. It was um. Uh, uh, Indicator. Indicator. Yeah. But the British company. Love... I actually have the early, the early deluxe version, which I I I, I, I hear is like very rare now. Yeah, exactly. I just bought it because you know it's not, it was not, I just pre-ordered it, and sometimes you buy these things and you don't realize wow they're out of print already, or so they put yeah, out. I guess they I did a standard I version. On too yeah. now. I think it's in that box that I have that, and I think that's from Indicator, and I think that's already yeah. gone. Yeah, I have that too, the Sinbad box, yeah. yeah Indicator is a great, great, great company. Great company. Exactly. And, they're, and they're, uh, they're branching out into really different kind of films. They've been doing uh, they're doing genre all-in films and uh, Santo movies now and, and things like that. Yeah, you should do it. And of course, that, that Mexican box set that's coming out is just one of the releases I'm looking forward to the most this year. Yep, me too. The Mexican, I, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I, you I, should do I, a Santo night. I, I could, but again, people might be paying to leave. Bring uh, Santo contra Blue Demon contra Frankenstein. There's something wrong with them, especially well, when it has well, Dracula. Uh, especially when it has a guy in the black suit dressed as Dracula. You know, I enjoy those movies, but they're way too special interest for the drive. And you have to think of people sitting there for four yeah. hours or five. A Mexican dubbed yeah. movie not going to happen. Yeah, have so. you ever considered a K. Gordon Murray night and bring it in like all the creepy kid no. shows, movies and stuff he run in from Mexico? Uh, no, those are in right tail. Definitely, I mean, definitely people that ask me, you know, I love the K. Gordon Murray, the, the horror films. I mean, we're not going to show like Santa Claus and, 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 right. and uh, Little Red Riding Hood and things like that from, but like stuff like the Brainiac and Vampire movies with, with uh, German roadlights and, and those kind of things. Uh, the Witches Mirror, those are all great. You know, I mean, it, you know, that's that's not out of the question. We're looking cool. at what? We're, we're looking at a very interesting special the evening, possibly in September. You know, we don't want to be public about it right now, but there there's a theme coming up, possibly those nights. Um, it's going to be big really big, but we're throwing titles around and trying to finalize stuff at the moment, but it's looking really good. It will, it will be something that will not disappoint. Oh, cool. Cool. So, no green slime, though. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Not this, not mm-hmm. this year, anyway. Maybe another year, but not this year. So I wish someone would put out a Gamma Six set. No Gamma just, Six set, because that's one thought, of the what films that uh, it was a series of uh, 
Italian uh, sci-fi films that Green Slime was one of them. Yeah, well, Warner Brothers has all of them. They put them out on DVD, and it would be great to see them on Blu-ray because uh, um, he's talking about the Wild Wild Planet, uh, the Snow Devils, and um, and War Between the Planets. Yeah, all those sixties uh, that were directed yeah. by uh, Antonio Margarita. Antonio Margarita. Yeah. AKA Anthony Dawson. But the Green Sign <laughs> was directed by Kenji Battle Royal Fukusaku. But it is connected, you're right. It is connected. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, we got three minutes. Thank you guys again for another great uh monster rama. I gotta go into therapy after this, so I might be there for a week. <laughs> I think somebody's got to lay down with a cold towel on his head. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. No, I got too much work to do. I'm still picturing Steve on that, on that swing pinata to, uh, outside. It's just everybody gets to push him. You pay a dollar and you spin him around. Five dollars and you get to hit him with, with a, stick. a stick. Yeah. And then candy comes out of his pockets. Candy and pennies. Looking forward to seeing you, Eric. Please have a safe trip. If you have any questions, anything you want to know, message me as always. I'll take care of you. And uh, even I'm always. Sure and everybody, if you have any everybody, questions before you go on uh, Friday, go to the Monster Rama Facebook page, and they'll answer any the questions Monster Rama, you got. Yeah, the Monster Rama Facebook page, yeah. Slash fest. The first year that George and I are doing the cardboard haunted house at, at the riverside. So you, you you know you'll be able to crawl around in, in a box. You'll be and, able to put your your kid in there, and you can play with some jumper cables in the dog. Yeah. It's an insurance nightmare. We run a hose in and squirt you. It's crazy. So it's called the it's called the Monsterama Cardboard Spookaroo. Uh, <laughs> based on yeah. the Spookaroo shows that uh, I long to, to see again. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. And proceeds are gonna to go to your favorite animal charity. So I think it's called foot monkeys or something. <laughs> and with that good night sweet nightmares and everybody that is close by, come to the drive-in yep. slash Sharama, dang it. It's going to be fun Even if you're not usual. close by, come, dang it. Dang yeah, it. just come. I'm not just close, and I got to go. Yeah. I'm not at all close, and I got to go. All right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Come to the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>